Hello and welcome back to Inside Out. This is part two of this segment, Women Who Lead. And I'm bringing this episode with my incredible past mentor and friend. Her name is Nicola Lay. She was my Breathworks facilitator and coach for two years. She is absolutely incredible and a wealth of knowledge and experience in breath and leading in business. And I'm really excited to bring this conversation to you. Hello and welcome back to Inside Out with Chris. I've got my incredible mentor of two years plus and now beautiful friend, Nicola Lay with me today. And we are chatting around all things leadership, women who lead. This is the conversation and it's huge for me right now. And I really wanted to drop in and share this with Nick because she has been pivotal in my experience to evolving and expanding and awareness and amplifying in every area of my world. So I wanted to share her wonderful experiences, who she is, what she does, all the things. So hello, Nick, how are you? (laughs) Oh, that's such a beautiful intro. Um, I'm really good. Thank you. Yeah. I feel, feel really content in life at the moment. Mm. Amazing. I love that. Yay. (laughs) So just for those who don't know who you are, can you tell us a little bit on you, what you specialize in and what your focus is in your work? Yeah, it's changed actually. I'm evolving. I'm just about to hit 50. The big mm-hmm. 5-0 feels really exciting. Definitely people get, <laughs> oh, thank you. I feel like it's a time where a lot of people get really nervous about age, but I get really excited about growing older. Mm-hmm. I feel like, gosh, I have actually lived nearly 50 years. There's a lot of wealth of knowledge there, right? Right. And as you get older, you kind of let go of attachment of, who you're going to be, <laughs> who do you need to be for everyone else? It's kind of like, yeah, I'm just, I'm here for me. Yeah, and what that. do I want? What do I want to let go of? It's a lot of, I don't really want to be attached to that anymore. So I guess, yeah, a lot of letting go of a lot of business stuff actually this year, which has been really cool. Mm. And what am I doing currently? Well, I've been leading a community of 150 women for the last four years, which has been huge. And all around consciousness, breath work. I don't even like calling it breath work at the moment because everybody's doing it. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I'm doing it too. Like just, but how well are you doing it? That's, that's mm-hmm. a real question for me at the moment. So for me, I'm kind of just stepping more into like soul work. Like what, what does your soul want? What does your soul want to do? How are you gonna lead with that rather than what everyone else is doing? So I guess I'm in that real turntable moment of life where I just want to do more impact work, working with more leaders that are having impactful change in the way that our world is changing quite dramatically at the moment. Mm. And it's not just breath. It's about who are you? Who do you want to be? How do you work within yourself? Are you doing it for significance? Or are you standing into your own want because that feels the right thing for you with integrity? Mm. So... That's the work that I'm doing currently is really working on myself again, as it always comes in those moments. I've always worked continually on myself, but deeper stuff and really thinking about how do I want to show up to be able to create more ripple as I get older. And it feels exciting. (laughs) I feel like I've kind of like gone, wow, I feel like I can actually step into something new because I feel like I've don't need to prove anything anymore so that's I don't know if that answers that question no it's great it definitely covers that question perfectly and I love that you just touched on there like there seems to be 
now this is simply our opinions for those listening there does seem to be a bit of a presence at the moment with a lack of integrity and authenticity there is that I'm noticing um coming from someone who worked with you who had over 20 years experience in breath and I found you like in all the research that I did before prior to like engaging with you properly and making those commitments right financially with that investment of hiring you noticing that I did my research and I was like no this is the person like she's she's right for me and the way that we did breath and the release that I had and was exposed to for myself and what they that gave me in our sessions I was not traumatized from it and I'm aware that there are moments in time for some people where they're finding breath quite traumatic and I know that that's something that you're really really you have a strong opinion on that's not supposed to do that you're not supposed to feel that right um so what does breath do for those that haven't tapped into breath workers yet and look some of my clients have it's kind of like a 50 50 ratio I do ask a, a common question I ask is have you tried breath work and one of the taskings that I often will deliver is jump on YouTube type in Wim Hof to start with that right like just as a daily mm. practice you know mm. to start with that to support regulating your nervous system and calmly entering the day so for those that haven't done anything to do with breath what would you invite them to start with <laughs> Such a beautiful question because I feel like it's got so many different roads from that one question. Mm-hmm. First of all, everybody like breathes. So we've all got a relationship with our breath, right? So when you're sitting and I say, I say to someone, oh, how do you find your breathing? Oh, even think about it, it makes me a bit anxious. Well, that's your first step. So we take our breath for granted, but it's got so much um it's an integral part of who we are obviously if we didn't have it we wouldn't be here so it's very linked to that it can make people feel really nervous or really um or really filled with possibility some people can't breathe most people don't breathe correctly so breath work (laughs) in the modality that's being taught at the moment is get down on the ground do a massive release feel all your trauma and just get it out Mm, it doesn't quite work like that so I feel that the start of breathing is just to understand, A, how does it make you feel? And B, how can I make that feel good in my body? That's probably the first sort of road into breath work. And it's not, can I make it perfect? Because everybody breathes really differently. The second thought process is, have I got a lot of things that I've walked through in my life already? How much trauma have I experienced? Everybody's got it, by the way. And and just because someone's had a terrible life, and you may have had some childhood stuff that might have felt bad, you could actually have a more trauma experience than they can. It's, it's everybody again, it's, it's where you're at and, and what you've walked through. So that can often lead to a big experience or a, a blissful experience. But breath work in itself is about understanding that when we do rhythmical breath, doesn't matter what, what, what way, any kind of rhythmical breath, it gives your mind a job to do. So your mind gets fixated on that breath. Your body lets go. And most people store a lot of trauma in their actual body. So when we're breathing, all of a sudden we might start crying or we might start feeling a lot of emotion. And that when it's done in a really held capacity and really softly and really safely, someone has the opportunity to let go of a part of themselves that's ready to let go. If you've had a really terrible, tragic experience in your life, that practitioner needs to hold the space for you in 
in moments, not in one big, let's get it all out now. Because if you're going to do that kind of trauma release work, you have to have the capacity as a practitioner to be able to hold that trauma and be able to help that person integrate afterwards. Mm. And that's kind of where it's going wrong at the moment is that person may have only learned to do breath work a short time ago, then they're, they're teaching breath, but then they don't know how to hold that when it comes out. So for me, all these years of time in service now to humans, um, you know, I see lots of this all the time, but then I hold a real safe space so that person's able to let go of an amount of it with what they can cope with. And then they are able to integrate it back into where they're going next. It's a really interesting question, but breath has many roads, you know, breath of meditation that allows, mm -hmm. allows you to go really deep into how you feel, but your relationship with breathing really is like a mirror. And if you breathe really shallow and you're a bit nervous about doing even meditation or stopping or pausing or even having a feeling that's your really big mirror of i've got a little bit of work to do mm. so mm. how you breathe is how you live and how you live is how you breathe and it's it's an absolute statement i don't know who it came from but i love it and it's a really important integral part of how I watch people when they come into breath work. If you're really resistant in life and you stop yourself from doing things, it can be really held within your breath. It can be shown in your breath. This question is like a good day's worth of discussion, <laughs> yeah. but it's, it's a beautiful moment just to really think, gosh, if I've been through a lot of my life already and I kind of stop myself from being who I want to be, or I have the belief of I'm not good enough and I don't know enough or I don't belong or mm -hmm. I feel really, um, I feel avoidant, then there's work to do. But everybody has an opportunity to find some amazing gift while they're breathing. And yeah. again, whether that's slow or faster or, you know, yeah. Does that answer yeah. that question? Yeah, it sure does. Like it's, it's a couple of things that I thought of in there was um, when we started working together, I hadn't been aware that I did this. And I remember telling you that I held my breath when there was conflict or I felt pressure. So I'd hold, I'd inhale and just hold. And it would, and then I go at the end. And I wasn't aware that I'd done it. I've done it, done it for 10 years. I would, didn't know that I was doing that. Right. Until we started doing this breath work. And I was like, I do this thing where someone's mad at me. I hold my breath. And is this normal? And you're like, not really. Let's talk about that. And what that actually meant. And the emotion that was underneath that was, was really amazing to dive into. Um, we recently got a deep freezer and I've done ice baths for years, right? I've done them on and off for years. I love them. And I was actually sharing with my videographer who's here now as well, but um, I was sharing with him how in the past I got in them and I thought I did really great at them. I could go for four or five minutes. This is something that I nailed the breathing. I just get in, I'm soothed and my hands go numb and I'm like moving my hands around in the water. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And, you know, I can go under, I can splash it on my face. It was great. I didn't realize that those ice baths were like 13 degrees. I just thought that ice was ice. Like, I'm such like a Newcastle girl that has never left, left this town. I just thought ice was ice. And anyway, we've got this deep freezer now. It's zero degrees. It's at zero. It's, it's not just 
cold. It's painfully cold. And we're doing three minute ice baths every day. And I'm doing get, giving myself a bit of a challenge because they first time I did it, I was like, oh, this this actually stings. And there's no like numb and fl- moving my hands around. It's just horrific the whole time. I don't think I want to do this every day. And because of that thought, I've been like, no, intentionality. We're doing this every day for 30 days now. We're going to put it on Instagram so everyone knows and I have to stay accountable. Very important for me. Um, but today I did it with a girlfriend and I got in and I take big, short breaths at the start. It's like, <sighs> and then as soon as my shoulders hit that water, I just calm in and out. And I just imagine it's like um, a circle just expanding and then closing mm. and spinning. And the crazy part is, I hear your voice. And my girlfriend goes, you seem so calm. Like, yeah, I can hear Nick. And she's like, oh, that makes sense. I'm like, let it go. Just let it go. And I can just hear you when I'm in that headspace. And I love that I can. But the because she was like, how do you get so much control so quickly? And I'm like, this is breath work. This is what it is imprinted to my soul. It won't mm. leave. Like I have been able to map this into my, my stepdaughters. Like Lexi got in that ice bath this mm. week and done four minutes. She got in, she jumped, got shoulders down. I said, now slow breaths when you get down. And she just said, and this is an 11-year-old girl. Like she did so great. It's because Mm. of, and it's that ripple impact of you and what you've taught me. And now they're Interesting, I don't do ice. I don't actually like the ice too much myself. I think I've been pre-exposed to that from being from the UK. But (laughs) yes, um, I get it. I love that you can control it so well. That's so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And Mm. like breathing and even in birth, like I didn't do the full birthing with you, but I did do breath work for birthing and- knowing how supportive that was for me and if more women had the ability to tap into that our biggest natural ability of breath right like how much softer and how much more nurturing can those experiences be well if you think that birth is really our connection to life yeah and our breath is also our connection to life we arrive and then we leave it's the first and the last thing that happens you know Mm. so it's innately part of our nature we are nature we forget that we are actually nature we forget it because we're so in our our mind that mm. we forget that our breath connects us right back to what we're here for yeah. now i'd love to hear your experiences um around leading people into death i know this is something that you did some work mm. on yeah i've done a lot of work in this i haven't done so much in the last 10 years i'd love to step back into it again actually um yeah leading people into into death is a real process especially for those around it's very similar to birth actually which sounds wild but it's the same kind of energy it's that preparation Mm. and there's grief with birthing as there's grief in death and it's very similar feeling and it's allowing surrender openness truth conversations just connecting to the moment because it gives us a moment of pause stop there's nothing else that matters Mm. and death and birth are those two moments where nothing in that moment matters Mm. nothing in the whole world matters but just that moment and it gives us this complete slow down approach and it's only our minds again and and conditioning that keeps us in this rat race, you know, this hamster wheel. I've got to be, got to do, got to have. Mm-hmm. And in those moments, it just slows us right down to the connection of life. And it's so humbling 
it's a privilege for me every time. It's, it's a real deep calling, always has been. I remember when I was 24 and I was working at hospice care in the UK as a leading therapist. And I wasn't wearing a uniform, a, a, a clinical uniform, because I wasn't a nurse. And I would sit and hold space for people by doing therapy work with people at end stage. And because I wasn't a, a clinic, clinician, they would tell me everything. They would share the deepest, darkest moments. They would tell you about how scared they were or what they wish they'd let go of. Or And at 24, my life was a bit of a shitstorm, to be really honest. And every time I walked in there, I just it took me to quiet, to moment, to connection, to being humble. And no matter what was going on on the outside of there with my life, it slowed me to the moment. And it taught me an amazing self-practice of everything can be crazy on the outside, but I can really come to myself in the moment and ask myself what really matters. Mm -hmm. What really matters in this moment? And actually, not a lot. Not a lot doesn't matter about money or cars or houses or what matters is your human experience with other people, your connection to self. And unfortunately, a lot of us are losing that ability because we're so transfixed in, you know, what everyone else is doing and, mm-hmm. you know, existing and trying to catch up. And, mm. and I think the breath really has given me an opportunity and anyone I've worked with to, when you're in that breath, it's a moment of death and birth within yourself. So we're always in that death and birth process. And some of us resist letting go. Some of us resist having uncomfortable conversations, speaking our truth. But when you're in the breath and you're breathing in life and letting go death, it's a continuous moving through till you get the clarity or the release or the, or the possibility. And breath brings so much openness to something different. And if everyone could just do even five minutes of sitting into your breath brings opportunity. It creates a space, a moment in time where we can ask ourselves, what do I actually really want? What really matters? Mm. I don't need to catch up and I don't need to just exist. I actually want to be here. And I think, yeah, it's (laughs) at the moment, I'm just in so much transition of that because, you know, I'm working with so many people that I'm having to really call integrity to or ask them like, what is is that what you really want? Mm -hmm. And they don't actually know. They've just fallen into the trap of being and doing and having to be. And I think when you're really slowed down and you bring practice of being in moments of just nothingness, whether that's meditation, breath or ice baths, ice baths brings you a full death process and a real clarity moment. But if you come (laughs) out with it, with your ego gone, and I say ego really gently because people think ego is so many different things, but really ego is your thinking mind. Your thinking mind gets completely hijacked when you get into an ice or you sit into a deep breath and you really come into a moment of, wow, like, yeah, I feel calmer. 
wish I could have this all day. I wish I could have more of this. And you can if you really keep dropping back in and they can be micro moments. Mm. So I work with lots of leaders as they're about to go into big meetings where they'll ring me and breathe with me for five, 10 minutes so that when they walk into where they need to make change or make decisions, that they use their breath to slow themselves down so that they can actually articulate with consciousness, with integrity. Mm. And it, it's a game changer. Mm. I know some of the micro moments that you've supported me in anchoring into and grounding myself into um, in the time that we worked together was things like at the traffic lights, which I still do, which is when it's a stop, we stop and we breathe. And that's primarily for me, box breathing. I'll just tap into that. It's the fastest result I find for myself and it's quick and easy and efficient is the way that I allow that to be established in my mind. So when it's a red light, I do box breathing for you know whatever time I'm there. And when it's green, I go back to normal regulated breathing. Um, and I find that that really supports me. And another thing is that, you know, simple grounding modalities, put your feet in the grass and go outside and feel the sun on your yes. face. Like if you're in a state of overwhelm, like do that, start there, invite your children to join you with that. If they're mm-hmm. part, a part of the overwhelm or whatever, you know, my mom has always been someone and I never recognized this until you and I worked closely together, but she when there was this crying baby at, you know, any event or a, or a kid that was having a meltdown or whatever, she always would pick them up and say, come on, let's go look at the birdies or let's go look at the stars. Mm-hmm. And my mum would remove the child and take them outside. And this is a habit I have because she did it when I was a kid. So I noticed that, right. I've always done that with my kids. And I didn't realize that I was anchoring them into grounding mm-hmm. as I did this practice and how mm-hmm. easy it is for a child, like little Lola, She's just like a little fly that buzzes around at the next thing that she sees, she'll just stop. Like she could be having the worst meltdown of all time. And I just pick her up, take her outside. She goes, oh, stars, mum. And it's like, holy moly. Like when were we, when, how old were we when we decided that we couldn't have that? When did we think that we couldn't create those moments for ourselves to anchor into that softness, to that nurturing, to that grounding experience so that we can feel regulated and our nervous systems can feel supported rather than just that go, 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 go. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, of course, we we all get tired and, you know, we all, I call it like leaky or cooked behavior, right, where mm-hmm. we don't deal with our particular emotions so that it comes out in other ways. Yes. And the other component to that is everyone in society having anxiety at the moment like anxiety is just running rapid it's literally like a disease that everyone says they have and it's like what if what if you just started with these micro moments absolutely every day consisted of that what it's doing it's really interesting I called out one of my beautiful clients who's an amazing influencer actually on Instagram um and she'll say I'm anxious I'm like Let's reframe it because when you claim it, it's got the ability to completely take over you. Yeah, absolutely. What about if you're just feeling a bit anxious? She's like, yeah, I'm feeling a bit anxious. I'm like, okay, so what does that change? And then she's, ah, feels a bit different now. What if we slow down enough to have a little breath a minute? And I can see the resistance, but when she's gone through it, she comes out the other side, she feels really different and you can see it in her. Mm. So what I notice is most people are dysregulated and then they'll use dysregulating habits to, to avoid what they're feeling, which then creates more dysregulation. So breathing can feel really hard to achieve when we're dysregulated, 
but it's I don't just teach breath and that's why I'm trying to come up with another mm. name for what I teach now <laughs> so because it's it's kind of like soul work yeah, yeah I think I said that two ages ago wasn't it as well um I like it. it's like moving outside being nature because you are nature but you know even going and collecting some ice and put it in your hands and going for a little walk or moving your body moving your body is a great way to change the state but it's it's you need to be able to catch yourself before you become dysregulated that's why the stops that i taught you which by the way if you're listening i'm actually reach i'm changing it to called um gem moments g-e-m right because i want to really feel into it so stop is literally you know, tapping in your phone three times a day a moment where you might know ahead of time gosh that's going to be a tricky moment where i could be pretty dysregulated or if you're a mum in business or a person in business who's going to pick up their kids and you're still carrying every single client that, that you've talked to that day with you to pick up the kids and you're still trying to do work calls, guess what they learn? Dysregulation. They mm -hmm. can't feel your presence and they become really like, oh, we don't really matter. And then they get phones given to them. So, so they become avoidance as well. So we're in this storm and that's the, the problem that we're in at the moment is everybody gives children devices so that they can get on and stay in their dysregulation because they're trying to overwhelm themselves. You know, we're ro not robots, we're humans. So yeah. we have to have these moments where we come back to consciousness. And I also find that word a bit overused as well at the moment, but awareness of yourself. And I think when you have that alarm go off, and you sink into three breaths and you actually ask yourself, how am I showing up? Like, what am I actually doing? And ask yourself it before you breathe. Like, what am I doing in this moment? And unfortunately, a lot of us will be snappy or have just trailed through social media for the last half an hour because we're dysregulated or trying to avoid something, procrastination, or, you know, there's so many behaviors that a lot of people wouldn't want someone else to know. So mm. by calling yourself in that moment, going, gosh, I've just done that. All right, that's okay. How can I change it? All right, so let's step into the breathing three breaths let's do it now actually so that everyone gets an opportunity to feel it because it's actually really powerful so in this moment wherever you are now and if you're driving listening and when we come to the breath just don't obviously close your eyes <laughs> but just feel yourself in this moment like wherever you are and if you can close your eyes do it just ask yourself what has the last hour been like like who have i shown up as in the last hour like really ask yourself it don't avoid anything uncomfortable don't shame yourself or guilt yourself just understand it okay and why did i do that is it because i've been too busy or if you're having a joyful moment how can i bring more of that into the rest of today and then i want you to be wherever you are feet on the floor so that you are connecting to the earth even if you're in a, a building just imagine your roots into the ground take a really big breath in through the nose a big sigh all the way out. Take your hand to your diaphragm, not your belly. Your diaphragm's just above your belly, underneath the lowest ribs. Take a big breath into it again now. A big sigh all the way out. And as you breathe this last breath in, make it a little slower. And as you release the breath all the way out, ask yourself, what do I need? 
What do I need more of? What can I give myself? And really feel into it. What do I want more of for the next few hours? Hmm. And come into that quiet contemplation and really honor it because your body is telling you what it wants and it's always talking to you. And then open your eyes, just roll your shoulders and proceed. Proceed with awareness. You've now become aware of your breathing, of how you've shown up today, what you want to do next. And when I think about, oh, what do I want to give myself for the rest of today? It might be, oh, I want to slow a little. I want to feel a little bit more. It's not what I should do <laughs> necessarily. Amen. Yeah. Mm. And the should do's can be, well, it does it matter? So the next question you ask, is that going to matter? Is it really within my own agreement with myself? Mm. Or am I pleasing other people? And it's not going to really matter to me, but it's going to make them like me more. That's a big thing that most people do. Mm. There's so much layering to this. But in those three breaths, when you come into that, that awareness of yourself, you're reconnecting back to your nature. Yes. And oh, you can that. lead. You can lead a little more. Even if it's as a mom, you can lead your children to that. You can be more present with them, more fun, not so serious, not being triggered by a thousand things on social media. Be the mom that you want to be. And if mm. you're about to walk into a meeting or you're driving or you're late, like how many of us run late and we're like ah, <laughs> running, mm. trying to do a thousand things. And then that slowing down just goes, oh, okay, so I've run a bit late. What does that mean? Oh, I just tried to do too many things. Well, what if I just let go of some of those things and just made it a bit slower tomorrow morning? You know, questioning and inquiry is the first part of change. And then when you add the breath, it becomes like a little superpower. <laughs> it's amazing. And I could listen to you talk all day. <laughs> <laughs> that voice and just closing my eyes and I'm like oh this is amazing I forgot how good this is <laughs> well thank you so so much Nicola for all of your just wealth of wisdom and all the things that you've shared today you are so powerful mm. in so many ways and creating so much magic in, you are leaving a legacy like that is all I can say like Aww. you know when you get to we're talking about when we get to the end and things like that and all I could think is my in my head was legacy you've taught me legacy your breath and your teachings are your, going to be your legacy one day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the ripple impact that not only you've had in improving and involving my world and my life and my family and my children, like now it's like generations, you know what I mean? Like I had this, I'll just share one more thing before we duck off. It was so bizarre and I, I'm not claiming to be psychic or anything, but I had this little <laughs> unconscious thing, you know, when you're falling asleep, you're just about to go to sleep. So you're sort of in dreamland, but you know that you're awake. And I had this thing drop in and it was of my Lola. And there's a Westpac helicopter pad near our house. So I'm going to assume that this is why this a helicopter was in it. There was a helicopter and the, the, the thing's going chopper, chopper, chopper around and around. And she's in an army uniform and she had a helmet and a, the big red ponytail fluffy at the back and her lips were like beautiful and the same. And like she, I'm going to cry talking about it. It was such a weird dream, but she um pulls in like someone that's lost a leg or something like that. And she's pulled them in and she's like, we're going to be okay. She get, puts a belt on in the, in the chopper and it goes to take off and she goes, just breathe. One, two, mm. three. And it was like me saying it to her in her head. And it was such a bizarre thing that happened oh, and came up. I know, me too. Because this child breaks all the rules in the world. So it would be hilarious if she ended up in the army. <laughs> 
Yeah, but that but means like, that she's a critical thinker and yeah. we need to like really enjoy that rebellion of her at the moment. I, I do, I do. Um, but yeah, it was just such an interesting like visualization to come up and a dream to have and it be like I remember it so clearly and it's not often that happens, you know, and just like that that piece of, oh, breath, like I taught her that and that's what she was saying out loud and whether or not that comes true or not, I don't know. Oh my gosh. I want you to journal that so yeah. that when later on in life, you can go, Lit Lola, this yeah. is a vision I had okay. back in the day. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. But um, yes, again, thank you so much for your time and wisdom today. Like you are just amazing and I adore you. And thank mm. you for being on this podcast and continuing to show up as my friend because you're just amazing, Nick. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me.